0: Well, it's so good to see you all here tonight, and um, we'll be in Philippians chapter 1. We're going through this letter to the Philippians. We will begin by reading verses 12 through 20. The Bible says in Philippians chapter 1, beginning in verse 12, But I would ye should understand, brethren, that the things which have happened unto me have fallen out rather unto the furtherance of the gospel, so that my bonds in Christ are manifest in all the palace and in all other places. Many of the brethren in the Lord, waxing confident by my bonds, are much more bold to speak the word without fear. Some indeed preach Christ, even of envy and strife, and some also of goodwill. The one preached Christ of contention, not sincerely, supposing to add affliction to my bonds, but the other of love, knowing that I am set for the defense of the gospel. What then? Notwithstanding every way, whether in pretense or in truth, Christ is preached, and I therein do rejoice, yea, and will rejoice. For I know that this shall turn to my salvation through your prayer, and the supply of the Spirit of Jesus Christ, according to my earnest expectation and my hope, that in nothing I shall be ashamed, but that with all boldness, as always, also Christ shall be magnified in my body, whether it be by life or by death. Well, last time we considered verse 12 and the furtherance of the gospel. Paul was a mighty man of God, amen? Amen. And for some nine years or so, he was taking these three missionary journeys, seemingly unstoppable, a lot of miracles, a lot of Great things were happening, churches were being established as he was heading west throughout the Roman Empire, and now he's stuck under house arrest. And even prior to this, you'll find that he spent two years uh, under arrest by Felix. Remember, Felix was hoping to receive a bribe from someone to release Paul, and so he's been arrested now for quite a long time, and Paul is letting them know that his circumstances, which... Seem to be a hindrance. I mean, we would look at that immediately. We, we think of this this church in Canada and this pastor that was arrested, and we think immediately of how hindering that is. Paul says, No. This was for the furtherance of the gospel. And that's hard sometimes, isn't it, when we're going through those tough situations in life. And so he's he's saying what, he's basically saying what one might have meant for evil, God means for good. And so we have to trust God. It looked like a terrible situation, but it was designed by God to get the gospel into the devil's lair, Nero's palace. What a wicked man he was. We must learn to trust that God makes no mistakes. God's purposes are always good. and God's timing is always right. Paul's circumstances didn't catch God by surprise. Amen. Uh, Satan was not getting the advantage. So whatever difficult situation you may find yourself in tonight, it may look bad and it may be difficult to understand, but are you trusting God's ways? Are you looking for opportunities to reach the lost through your circumstances? That's how God was using this, and that's the heart of God is to reach others. And when we go through these hard times, we need to be looking for opportunities to present the gospel to others. So would you allow God to use your life as he sees fit? It may be uncomfortable situations like Paul went through. It may be health issues or whatever, um, financial issues and all the rest. But will you let God work through that and use you to reach others uh, with the gospel? And I closed last time by making application to our national situation. It may not look too good right now in America. But you know what? It will be for the furtherance of the gospel. Now, I don't understand that, but God's ways and thoughts are so much higher than ours, and He is working, whether we see it or not. He's still on the throne. He's still sovereign, and we have to trust how He's doing things. And, and so Paul here, he would have them pray for him, but not feel sorry for him, because God was still at work. And I'm sure Paul valued his freedom, amen? I mean, who wouldn't? But he also understood that no matter his circumstances, his calling as a Christian upon his life didn't change. He still was called by God to reach the lost. And so it doesn't change whatever our circumstance is. That's still the very heart of what we ought to be doing. And we'll look at that a little bit tonight. Look at verse 13. So that my bonds in Christ are manifest in all the palace and in all other places. So Paul here, he says his bonds were in Christ. Remember, Paul's not arrested for being a criminal. He's done nothing wrong he is arrested for preaching the gospel. While in Miletus, Paul had called the elders of the church of Ephesus to meet with him. And then in Acts chapter 20 verse 22, he says, And now, behold, I go bound in the Spirit unto Jerusalem, not knowing the things that shall befall me there. Later on in Acts 21, while in Caesarea, a prophet named Agabus comes down from Judea and says this, Well, first Agabus takes Paul's girdle and binds Paul's hands and feet. And then this prophet says, Thus saith the Holy Ghost, So shall the Jews at Jerusalem bind the man that owneth this girdle and shall deliver him into the hands of the Gentiles. So Paul knows now, I'm going to Jerusalem and I'm going to be arrested. He arrives in Jerusalem and a very long story short, a group of Jews stirred up some trouble and these were some some fellows that he had met on come across in one of his journeys and they stir up trouble there in Jerusalem and they brought some false accusations against Paul that weren't true but they caused the city to be in an uproar and Paul is being he's in this mob and and it looks like they're going to kill him and so this roman soldier this Uh, captain, he sends his soldiers and centurions into this uproar and rescue Paul. The mob, the Bible says that they gave audience to Paul. Paul begins to speak. And after they listened to him, they lifted up their voice and said, Away with such a fellow from the earth, for it is not fit that he should live. Boy, that's nice, isn't it? Well, as Paul was about to be scourged, he pulls the, hey, by the way, I'm a Roman citizen card. Amen. Amen. Well, that put them on edge. And so they, they shut him up for the night. And the next day he stands before the chief priests and the council. And it was there when Paul perceived that half of them were Sadducees and half of them were Pharisees. And he says, you know why I'm arrested? Because I preached the resurrection. Well, the Sadducees didn't believe in a resurrection. And so now there was an infighting between the Pharisees and the Sadducees. And so Paul says to them all, uh, I I got ahead of myself, he says, Men and brethren, I am a Pharisee, the son of a Pharisee, of the hope and resurrection of the dead, I am called in question. So they begin fighting to the point where the captain felt like this this captain of the guard, he thinks that they're going to tear Paul in pieces, the Bible says. And so he once again sends soldiers down, rescues Paul, and the following night, the Bible says that the Lord stood by Paul and said this in Acts 23, 11, Be of good cheer, Paul. <laughs> Easier said than done, amen. Be of good cheer, Paul. For as thou hast testified of me in Jerusalem, so must thou bear witness also at Rome. And that began the process of Paul making his way from Jerusalem to Rome to stand trial there before Caesar. On his way, he stands before Felix. Two years later, he stands before Festus. And then it was before Festus that he appealed to go before Caesar. And then Paul stands before King Agrippa. And he was the one almost persuaded to be a Christian. And Agrippa says, this man might have been set at liberty if he had not appealed unto Caesar. So now Paul is in Rome. And he's waiting his time now to stand Uh, before Caesar. Now I give you that quick recap to tell you how how Paul ended up in Rome to highlight when Paul says here in Philippians 1.13 that my bonds are in Christ. They literally were in Christ. He's preaching Christ and that's why he's arrested. To the Ephesians, which is another one of these prison epistles, he wrote to them in Ephesians 4.1, I therefore the prisoner of the Lord. He hasn't done anything wrong. He's in prison for preaching. And because certain of the Jews didn't like it. They didn't like him. They didn't like the message. He is essentially a political prisoner when you look at the totality of all of this. Now, no laws have been broken. No crimes have been committed. No one's been murdered. But here he is nonetheless. He's in bonds in Christ. And you can imagine word would have spread that there's this guy here. He's been sent from Jerusalem to, to stand here in Rome, and somebody in Israel wants him dead. And he stood before these Roman rulers. They didn't find any fault in him. They were willing to let him go. He had already appealed at that point. And can you imagine the chatter that was probably taking place where he was? Hey, what's the charge against this guy? Who, Paul? Oh, he was arrested in Jerusalem for being a follower of Christ. And I guess they didn't like it. Boy, it just, it's getting eerily close to home nowadays, isn't it? To, you know, we used to read these things in the Bible and they were so distant. Now it feels like it could be any, any moment that we're in these situations. And I, I think these soldiers who were charged with securing Paul would have asked Paul, why are you here? Why are you imprisoned? And if not, I can envision Paul saying, Hey, do you know why I'm imprisoned?" No, we don't know why. One day on the road to Damascus, I met a man named Jesus and he changed my life. And you can imagine Paul witnessing all these soldiers and the soul winning just began as he shares why, why he's there. And so often this kind of thing must have happened because Paul says, my bonds in Christ are manifest in all the palace. Everybody knew why he was there. It was known. And this word for palace, it means the praetorium. The praetorium was a judgment hall in Rome, and it was also where a military detachment was stationed. The general was there, and this would have been the emperor's personal soldier's it encompasses the praetorium encompasses both military and the judicial system that was present there and Paul is saying that all the guards and all the judges are hearing why i'm here <laughs> they're getting my testimony they're hearing about Christ isn't that amazing how amazing that god has placed this christian inside the territory of one of the most ungodliest and wickest wickedest men that has ever lived and he drops Paul right in the middle of that. And here's Paul, and he's witnessing to all these guys, and he says, Hey, the whole palace, they know why I'm here. And it just is amazing to me that God works in these ways amongst all this sinful filth. And if you've ever studied the life of Nero, I won't go into detail, but it was filthy. And in the midst of all of that, here's a man that is preaching the gospel. And everybody's hearing about it. Would you be able to share your faith in such a wicked environment? Some of you get nervous by simply handing out one of our church cards. Right? What are we so fearful of? Are we afraid that someone might think we're strange? Well, Too late. Are we afraid someone might not like us? What's the fear? Paul had no fear in sharing his faith. Even among those who were serving under Nero. Now, I tell you this, when the night grows darker, the light shines brighter. And here he is, he's in this awful place and surrounded by all this and he's having no fear. He's sharing the gospel. He didn't care if he was surrounded by an angry Jewish mob or if he's standing before governors or before the Herod or before an emperor Paul is going to be sharing Christ he's going to be declaring the gospel whatever situation he found himself in why he believed Romans 1 for I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ for it is the power of God unto salvation he believed that. Somebody once said, what separates us from the Apostle Paul? The Apostle Paul really believed the Word of God. For I am not ashamed of the gospel. Amen. Are you ashamed of the gospel of Christ? These empty seats are a rebuke to us tonight. I, I know in here we, nobody would say they're ashamed of the gospel of Christ, but what about outside of this building? Are you ashamed to open your mouth and declare the gospel to others? Don't buy into lifestyle evangelism. Now, I'm all for your life matching what you're saying. But if you're relying on, I'm just going to show people how I live right, that's not going to do it. You've got to open your mouth and declare the gospel. Paul said, For though I preach the gospel, I have nothing to glory of. For necessity is laid upon me. Yea, woe is me if I preach not the gospel. And and listen, that's not a preacher thing. That's a Christian thing. And I pray we'd have this kind of attitude about the gospel. It saved us. It spared us from a devil's hell. And we ought to be out there telling other people, listen, we're not... Understand, we're not proclaiming a a better way. We're not proclaiming that, hey, you know what, if you want to live a little bit better in this life, we're proclaiming the only way that sinners can be reconciled to God and miss a devil's hell. It's not a way. It's not a, you know, there's something better for you. No, no, no. This is it. We're not in competition with the religions of this world. That's right. That's right. We don't have to prove why we're better than this. But listen, we, if we really believed the doctrines of hell and heaven, I think we'd be more concerned. Well, we don't have to witness in our power. Aren't you glad? The gospel is the power of God unto salvation. It's not our wisdom it's not in our communication skills. We plant the seed and we water as we have opportunity and then we trust God for the harvest. Amen. All we have to do is present it. Yeah. Let God do the rest. Once we give the gospel, it's up to the Holy Ghost. So don't get down. You know, Don't give up when witnessing doesn't go quite the way you wanted it to. You don't see the results you hoped for. We can't save anybody anyhow. That's God's job. We can point them to the Savior, but we lift up Christ and He said, I'll draw men unto me. So the responsibility is really off of us. All we got to do is declare it. So don't be ashamed of the gospel tonight. Amen. Don't be ashamed. This verse, I think, ties in very nicely with our theme this year. that We need to fill Jerusalem with our doctrine. Isn't that what Paul has done here in Caesar's palace? He says it's manifest. People know this doctrine of his salvation. He's given his testimony on the road to Damascus and he's sharing with people how he came to know Christ and what all this means and why he's imprisoned. And everybody's hearing about it. He's filling the place with this doctrine. Amen. And, and we're, not, we're not naive enough to think that everybody's getting saved. But people were getting saved. All because he was faithful to fill his little Jerusalem With this doctrine. And that's what I'm challenging us to do this year as a church. That we would go out there and we would fill this city with our doctrine. Which we know is God's doctrine. That Christ is the only means of salvation. And so Paul, he's able to say here, My bonds in Christ are manifest in all the palace. I wonder, is your faith known to all of those around you? Do your co-workers know You're a Christian. Do your classmates know you're a Christian? Do your friends and family know you're a Christian? Are you filling your Jerusalem, your part of the world that God has you planted? Are you filling that palace with the right doctrine? Paul goes on to state at the end of verse 13, Christ is being manifested in all other places as well. Just in case I miss somewhere, all other places are getting you to, amen. And it, it wasn't, it, there, there wasn't a place where Paul went that he didn't share the gospel. How often do we fail? When sometimes it'd be as simple as just hey, can I hand you a card? A tract? Right? I mean, it's not that hard. We're not imprisoned yet. He gave the gospel everywhere. Paul could even say in Acts 20, 26, Wherefore I take you to record this day that I am pure from the blood of all men. Boom. What a statement. I can't say that. Can you? And may we become burdened for souls like this. We are to be watchmen upon the wall. We're to blow our trumpet with the gospel message. And if we don't, the Bible says their blood will be upon our hands. If we do and they refuse, then their blood will be upon their own head. It's a very sobering thought there in Ezekiel 33. And we must understand they're not rejecting us. They're rejecting God. We're just His ambassadors. It's not about us, it's all about Him. And we'll discover here at the end of this letter... That not only was the gospel being preached, not only was it manifest in all the palace, but there were people being saved. It was being received. The Bible says over in Philippians chapter four, verse 22, "All the saints salute you, chiefly they that are of Caesar's household." <laughs> Good night. Yes. How about that? All because he was faithful to testify of the grace of God. All the saints salute you, chiefly they of Caesar's household in the midst of all that wickedness and all that debauchery there was a group of people that were being saved the gospel was being furthered you see the power of the gospel cannot be weakened Satan might be mighty but God is almighty and the gates of hell cannot prevail against the church 2 Timothy 2 9 and 10 Paul wrote to Timothy, Wherein I suffer trouble as an evildoer, even unto bonds. But the Word of God is not bound. Therefore I endure all things for the elect's sake, that they may also obtain the salvation which is in Christ Jesus with eternal glory. And so I want to just present to you that if the gospel is the power of God unto salvation, and if the Word of God is not bound, then why are so many churches weak suffering and closing why are there so many empty seats why haven't we reached more in rapid city why are we still in this same building after almost 40 years people are flooding into our area right now we got people coming in from all over we need to be reaching them we need to be growing with the city I've been saying that there's no shortage of people to reach And if God is willing, and He is, and if God's word is not bound, and it isn't, and if the gospel is the power of God, and it is, then what is hindering us from reaching more people? Well, the issue isn't with God. The issue is with God's people. Have we lost our zeal? Have we lost our fervor? Maybe we aren't praying like we should. Maybe we aren't evangelizing like we should. Look, do we serve the king of kings or not? Then we ought to be reaching more than we are. No, we can't control the harvest, but if we sow enough seed, some will come up. And a corn of weed has to fall into the ground and die in order to bear much fruit. And we must learn to die to self, die to our embarrassment, to whatever it is that hinders us from giving giving the gospel out. We have to die to that. And then we can bear much fruit. We have to go into the ground and die. How wonderful it would be to overflow this building with people we've won to Christ. Amen. Not just people who have moved in and are already grounded, but I mean people that have been saved because we've been out there giving the word of God. Wouldn't that be wonderful? And I want you to look at how infectious Paul's witnessing was to others in verse 14. And many of the brethren in the Lord waxing confident by my bonds are much more bold to speak the word Without fear. Amen. Remember, Paul's a prisoner because he's a Christian. And yet, others have now become bold in their Christianity because Paul's being bold. It becomes infectious, it's like a fire and, and it spreads. One would think being in prison for their faith would discourage the brethren. But you know what? I looked at that church. I know they're not our stripe, but I looked at that church in Canada where that pastor was arrested and they still had services the next week. Amen. Hey, man! Amen. They were still singing. Whoop. It's infectious. They see somebody stand and they go, you know what? I can stand too. No matter the persecution. No, no matter what comes against the church, those types of things that look like hindrances have always been the means by which God has spread the gospel further. We find the opposite happening here with Paul. When you would think people would be discouraged, people are being emboldened. And guess what? We find this throughout the book of Acts. The church was under severe persecution. And yet, the word of God was increasing, and thousands were being saved, and churches were being established, and they turned the whole world upside down. And the truth is, sometimes it's going to take persecution to get us fired up, to get us out of our comfort zone, and to get us to realize look, we got to get to the main thing. Did you know Christianity is growing fast in China? Isn't that amazing? It's also growing in many Muslim countries. These places where Christianity is heavily persecuted, it's actually growing by leaps and bounds. Meanwhile, Christianity in America is declining at a rapid pace. In America, I would say, humanism is the fastest growing religion in America because it's infiltrated the church. Now, you can't track that it's statistically impossible to track all that, but statistically speaking, the number one mainline religion in America right now growing is Islam. Could it be God is bringing some uncomfortableness to stir His people back to life? Well, I believe so. We are either heading for revival or we are heading for great judgment. Jesus says in Matthew 11:20 20 through 24. Then began he to upbraid the cities wherein most of his mighty works were done, because they repented not. Woe unto thee. I always have a hard time pronouncing that. Woe unto the Bethsaida! For if the mighty works which were done in you had been done in Tyre and Sidon, then they would have repented long ago in sackcloth and ashes. But I say unto you, it shall be more tolerable for Tyre and Sidon in the day of judgment than for you. And thou, Capernaum, which are exalted unto heaven, shall be brought down to hell. For if the mighty works which had been done in thee had been done in Sodom, it would have remained unto this day. But I say unto you that it shall be more tolerable for the land of Sodom in the day of judgment than for thee. Chapter 12 of Matthew, verses 41 and 42, Jesus says, The men of Nineveh shall rise in judgment with this generation and shall condemn it because they repented at the preaching of Jonas. And behold, a greater than Jonas is here. The queen of the south shall rise up in the judgment with this generation and shall condemn it, for she came from the uttermost part of the earth to hear the wisdom of Solomon. And behold, a greater than Solomon is here. When we consider those passages in in light of America... How many wonderful works has God done among us? And yet we've refused to repent. We're not getting right with God. And to whom much is given, much is required. And so we find God was using Paul's life and the persecution against him to motivate others. And now these believers are looking at Paul and thinking, Man, if he can do it, I can do it. Maybe we need to look at some of these believers in these other countries. Places where they're being beheaded. Places where the government's coming in and literally breaking down the church with a wrecking ball while they're having service. Happened in China. And yet they're standing. That should embolden us. And they're going to rise up in the judgment against us. Why didn't we do more when we had the freedom to do it? They're remaining faithful and they're even growing in the face of persecution. And we ought to be doing more with the freedoms we still have. Paul said others were able to speak without fear because of his bonds. They were gaining confidence because he boldly spoke despite his circumstances and his persecution. Matthew 10, 27 27 and 28, it says, What I tell you in darkness, that speak ye in light. And what ye hear in the ear, that preach ye upon the housetops. And fear not them that kill the body but are not able to kill the soul. But rather fear Him which is able to destroy both soul and body in hell. Don't fear man. Fear God. In Acts chapter 4, verses 18 through 20, and they called them uh, and commanded them not to speak at all or teach in the name of Jesus. But Peter and John answered and said unto them, whether it be right in the sight of God to hearken unto you, more than unto God judge ye, for we cannot but speak the things which we have seen and heard. The very next chapter Did we not straightly command you that ye should not teach in this name? And behold, you have filled Jerusalem with your doctrine and intend to bring this man's blood upon us. Then Peter and the other apostles answered and said, We ought to obey God rather than man. We need to be fearless. The theme of the conference I went to in Wisconsin was uh, fearlessly advance. Fearless advance. That's what it was. Fearless advance. No matter what the circumstances, no, more, no matter what we're going through in our states and our country, and all, we need to be going forward. We need to be preaching the gospel. We need to wax confident without fear. And Just a quick side note. I like going to those conferences because when you go to some of these places, you see what God's doing there, and you think, man, God can do that in rapid. fires me up. I like having our jubilee and advertising it out to other churches because I believe when pastors come here, they get encouraged. They say, man, look at what God's doing in Rapid. He can do that over here. Maybe if we would go forward with great boldness, it would encourage others to do the same. So in closing, do those around you see Christ manifested in your life? Are you fearful to witness? Don't be ashamed of the gospel. It is the power of God unto salvation. I'm so glad somebody wasn't fearful to give me the gospel. And let's be confident, even in the face of ungodly changes that are taking place in our nation. Let's be that body of believers where we are fearlessly advancing the gospel. Maybe we can be the cause for others to be bold as well. May we speak the word without fear. Let's pray.